Stoveleg Media, igniting conversation. I'm Trisden. And I'm Ray. What we hope to do here is find a little bit of middle ground on some of these extremely polarizing social and political issues. Welcome everybody to Extreme Common Sense. Welcome into the big show. Is it the big show? Well, I don't know. That was Sports Center, right? Back in the day, the big show, Dan and Keith on Sunday nights. Is that the big show? Yeah, could have been. Over, show. Oberman and Patrick? That's it. Who's so, like better? We're the medium show. That's good. You know what? I'm a big fan of Dan Patrick's uh, show that he still has. And I, I like Keith's politics. Uh, I liked his political shows, but he seems a little bit more of a miserable human. I think Dan's probably a Did nicer you know Dan guy. Dan Patrick attended Eastern Kentucky University? Absolutely. As Very a, cool. A, a Pew, Dan Pew. Dan Pew. Because he's Daniel Patrick Pew. Yeah, I like Patrick. He's always... <laughs> He's always struck me as being just a little bit too on. Like, hey, Ruby, guys and girls, how you doing? Really? I always kind of got that he was a little manufactured. On SportsCenter, yes. On his show, like his three-hour radio show, very much more laid back. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, Oberman's politics certainly uh, overrode everything. He's he's just that quintessential ball-breaker. He is, but I will say, unlike Limbaugh, who came on ESPN for a while, I didn't know his politics from watching SportsCenter. Oh, it was really true. until I mean he was a, you know a good sports guy. That's true. So, yeah, I yeah, had no idea. That is true. That's that's a great uh, a great point relative to Oberman. Yeah, and I know we've talked about this before, but he and Mar were together. You saw it probably in 2015. <clears throat> excuse me, when Trump was his first uh, running, and the two lefties are gathered, and I figure, oh, they're just going to beat him to death. And and at the time, Oberman lived in a Trump owned building. And of course, Mar had been sued by Trump, and neither one basically had anything other to. Uh, neither one beat him up particularly. Uh, uh, in fact, Oberman took it to another place and said, "You know, I've had occasion to run into Mr. Trump, Donald Trump, whatever, on the uh, elevator. He's always polite. He asks how my family is. He asks how my dad. His dad was sick at the time, yeah. and uh, he asked how my dad's doing. It's like Jesus Christmas. So, who is the real Donald Trump? Well, that was the funny thing about." You know, I think even when Trump came out with a lot of policies that really made a lot of liberal folks mad, you would have a lot of those guys that came on, you know, we would see him on real time in different shows that would say, man, who is this guy having these Hitler-esque gatherings and speeches because to talk to Donald Trump like he was a nice, normal dude. And I've always said that, you know, you, me and a a fourth are are going to uh, one of Trump's golf courses to play uh, an 18-hole round with him at his invitation you're gonna have a great day if you're invited by the donald it probably politics aside you probably wouldn't necessarily have a bad time if you didn't know who he was yeah like if he was some dude that you didn't know probably you know i mean obviously he's charismatic half the country seems to live and die based on the things he says so i mean there's something there whether you want to admit it or not as a as a liberal he did have it he did, yeah, yeah. Apparently charismatic. I never saw it so much, I guess, but yeah, a lot of people really. No, I, that's guy. exactly right. No, no, he wasn't because you know what, Tristan, you and I know it goes back to those stereotypes of old white guys. You're not old yet, but you're getting there, and I am old. I but, appreciate uh, the assumption that I'm not old. Yeah, but appreciate well, forty-one, right? Yeah, that's you're you're certainly sneaking cruising up, into middle sne- age, sneaking in there. <clears throat> but those excuse me, I froggy me trot, but um those assumptions about older white guys are absolutely true and I know a lot of those guys, you know? Yeah. We know a lot of those guys. Indeed. Those white guys that have their views and you're never going to move them and they're entitled. These bastards sure. are entitled because they're wealthy white men. Their lives are pretty well taken care of. They don't want a lot to in interfere with that guys like you and i and this is going to sound terrible terribly uh, i don't don't know if the word is self-effacing um terribly pretentious but you and i spend a lot of time asking questions that other guys say fuck it i'm not asking that question i could give a rat's ass yeah well my life is good why are you bothering me with this noise and i don't know if you could take this to white privilege you just hearing the term white White privilege is annoying but i will say this like Having been, God damn it, having grown up a bit poor, 
You do tend to see stuff from like if well, you that, yeah. if you grow up middle class or upper middle class and you're white and everything has sort of been laid out, the world can seem a bit simpler than if you have struggled or you know I think when you have folks that are of a different sexuality and different races coming in your and you start to perceive and think of stuff. Now that's interesting. So we did a show talking about celebrities, and today we're going to get to movies eventually. But here's a question: Who's the wealthiest person you've ever been around? And how oh did they gosh. make you feel, or how did they not make you feel? Or oh, wow, well, I, man, for me, I've got family with a B. Oh yes, I've you, got a B you. family. They've got a B in front of their net worth. I assume, but now here's the thing. So I've got this. Why don't you briefly tell that story? Because it's interesting. Well, yeah. So you know, I, my family uh, started Impossible Foods. If you've had an Impossible Whopper. You know, it's wild. Yeah. And, and my uncle is uh, a biology professor emeritus at Stanford University. My family's brilliant. Him and my aunt, just two of the smartest, coolest people ever. But also just very laid back. Um, you know, well, here's the thing, too. Like, they don't have a billion dollars in the bank. They have, you know, what I would assume is this money tied up in the company. So if they the sold The company's it, been valued at, like, correct. $3 billion. Yeah. And that is, a, that is on your dad's side? That's my dad's side, yeah. Which is the connection is what? My aunt is my dad's sister. Married to married the Stanford to, professor. That's correct. pretty close blood. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. Like it does. And started Impossible Foods. Yeah, started Impossible Foods. Among other things, he started a cheese company that was a vegan cheese company that's very popular. And they're, you know, and again, the cool thing about these folks is they didn't do it to make money. They just want to help the planet. They want to see people eat less animals. Right. Like right. they want the, I know the that greenhouse was a huge gas part of that mission. Yeah. Right. So the whole thing is just coming from a place of. Um, you know, good like that. I don't even necessarily know if they care about any of the money. I mean, I don't, I think they were pretty well off, you know, to start the company, but uh, yeah, so they're doing great. But I mean, again, I, you know, I've met people like them, you know, I've never paid for a meal around them, which is kind of cool, right. but uh, right, right. you know, but you know, other than that, like if they were sitting here, you wouldn't know that they were super well off. Sure. Right. Um, but you you definitely, you know, I, I meet people that you certainly do and have different different well, Matt, How about you? Matt and I uh, DJed a gig many years ago, 20 years ago, up at W.T. Young's farm. Um, and it was for his grandson. You know, Mr. Young uh, founded some monstrous company. He was the major benefactor of the library, the nor a beautiful library. You ever been to UK's library? I have not. Stunning building. Nice. It's the W.T. Young Library. It cost $70 million to build, oh, wow. and I think he put up the first 10. Um but we played a gig at his farm in Lex, and it was for his grandson. And Tristan, I'm a working guy. I mean, I've, I've got a couple of skills that have allowed me to manage, but I'm basically a blue-collar guy, and that's fine. But, boy, you want to feel like a worker bee at that place. These were people who weren't necessarily even rude to you, but it was just sort of understood that they were better than you. Because I said that to Matt at one point, you know, and Matt's a pretty bright cat. I don't think I'm an intellectual slouch. And I'm like, do you just sort of feel second class? He goes, fuck, absolutely, man. <laughs> it's just, you know, they were treated you as the help. So, you know, there it was very palpable. It is wild that that mindset still exists. Yeah, because these are people that were brought. I mean, these are horse people from Lexington. As Matt right. says, literally the wealthiest people in the world spend their time in Fayette County. Now, it may not yeah, be, it may not be their true. residence, but the, literally the wealthiest people in the world. And some of them do make it their residence. You know, Will Farish. These are people who can call the queen and can call the president, right? And sometimes, Anita Madden. I was told that uh, I knew a guy who worked um, in tree service, and they were working on the Madden farm. And when her vehicle pulled up, which obviously she wasn't driving, you had to turn off all machines because the noise bothered her. Oh, wow. Right. So that kind of level. You know? that, that's a cool way to be able to live, I Is guess. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I mean, I would imagine. I mean, you like to think if you had that type of money and that type of privilege that you just wouldn't take advantage of it. But, God, now, it would be fun to story, find out. Uh, on my brother's behalf, and we still got to get you on the show, Tom. So, um, Kyle, his nephew, or his ne my nephew, his son went to Yale, and he went to Yale and played football with, uh, with uh, John Oppenheimer. And John's father is Peter Oppenheimer. Peter Oppenheimer, Tristan, was the CFO of Apple. 
Oh, wow. Yes. So in one year, he made something like $250 million. He was he was actually on Jobs' list. I think when Steve Jobs was on his deathbed dying, he listed 10 people who would take over in, in, in his absence, and Peter Cook wound up with it. Oppenheimer was on that list. Oh, wow. So Tommy and Nancy had occasion. I think that t- Peter, I met him twice, very quiet man. But the two wives hit it off. So when the wives hit it off, the men get dragged along. So they went out to dinner twice, maybe three times with the Oppenheimers. We're not talking McDonald's. We're talking right. high-end Boston or, or New York restaurants. Sure. And, of course, he would pick up the tab. Well, the fourth time they were out, because my brother's funny. He's like, I still remember. It was $582 plus tip, you know. He walked over. I think Nancy actually went over and got the waiter because he knew if the waiter brought the check he would, Peter would pay for it and paid, paid the check. So when the waiter came over, Peter said, I'll take the check. And he said, well, sir, uh, the check's been paid. Oh, did my wife pay? And the waiter was like, well, I'm not sure who your wife is, but this woman paid. Pointed to my sister-in-law, Nancy. And of course, Peter was like, oh, you didn't have to do that, yada, yada. But I'll guarantee you, Trisden, when he got in his car with his wife, he was like, you know, that fucking Tom White's okay. Because nobody ever does that for a multi-gazillionaire. They just assume That's true. it's going to be on him. Yeah. And it actually culminated. They played a football game out in Cal Poly, which is where Oppenheimer graduated from. And Yale doesn't travel. They stay in the Ivy and they might go to Georgetown. And I think Oppenheimer, because Tommy referred to it as the Oppenheimer Bowl, I think he made a phone call to the Yale athletic director and said, what will it cost to have my kid come out? Here's what it'll cost. And he wrote a check. So they traveled out to that game in California and got an invite to stay at the Oppenheimer home. I'm not sure that happens without him. You know, he was like, that guy's okay. Because people don't do that. Because at some point, you're still a guy. It's like I say, when you're paying 16 bucks for a beer, even Bill Gates, Peter Oppenheimer, know when they're being ripped off. Right. It's like, God damn, that beer was 16 bucks. That beer was not worth that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So people still understand those gestures regardless of their wealth, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's a cool story. Yeah. Well, here's a... Segwaying back to my family, uh, so I'm trying to get my aunt, Sue, to come on the show and talk about the mission of Impossible. Just because I think, if nothing else, the mission of what they're trying to accomplish as far as saving the planet, it's a pretty damn cool mission. It's it's really a good burger. It really is. It's a good burger. That's the Impossible Foods. It really makes a good 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 meal. Yeah, and I brought some of that. I had some when it was in the test stage, and I took it to some of my friends. Yeah, I remember that. that. Like some of my meat guys that would just didn't even know it wasn't meat. It was pretty fascinating. And you know what, man? I don't know. Around here, certainly in Kentucky, you have a oh man, bunch of give me. Seven pounds of bacon, go fuck yourself, kind of, you know. <laughs> well, but there are a lot of beef farmers, yeah, too, a lot no, of cattle farmers. And, and, and <laughs> I, I, I like meat also, you know, wish I didn't as much. But it is nice to, <clears throat> to be able to mix it up with something now and again that yes. is certainly not, you know, you're not losing quality, you're not losing taste. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. But, again, it is pretty funny. So we're trying to get her on the show here. Uh, the media folks at Impossible listened to our show and said, eh, better not. Oh, no way. Yeah, better better hold off a bit. Oh, no shit. Yeah. So you hadn't she, told me that. I know. This, so this is the first time you're hearing the story. <laughs> no, they listened I to the show. which episode. I don't know. So I don't know exactly what they heard, but they said it's a, it's a little political. Maybe you should just wait a while. That's so, wild. So is she, that true? That's, that's true. So she does <laughs> still hope to come on at some point, but... Not quite yet. That's so, funny. Yeah. So what do we need to do? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so well, it is always. I like. We do appreciate the cr- criticism, be it constructive or not, because you know, some it, it helps. So uh, it would be nice to hear exactly what the Silicon Valley intern that had to listen to a few episodes wrote down in his notes. That's that, pretty well. That was told. Nah, maybe not. But, uh, yeah. That guy from California is all right, but Jesus Christ, that fucking guy from Jersey with a loud voice and he's always <laughs> screaming and he swears too goddamn much. No. May have been the Tristan, other way. you can interview him. Keep that joker off. Uh, I don't know about that. Uh, so that just, is wild, though. That is the truth. When, yeah. when did you get that info? You know, I had a, a Zoomed with my aunt on Saturday. <laughs> and so we just talked on Saturday. And at least an episode or it a couple? Was, and in fairness, she <laughs> listened and said uh, she had listened to the episode <laughs> with... Um, Oh my gosh, my, my author buddy, the first one that we had on. Oh, the political well, author. Um, um, Rick Shankman. Uh, yes, Rick Shankman. So Shankman. Uh, she listened to the Rick show and she did say she liked it. She said she thoroughly enjoyed the show and would be happy yeah, to come on. Yeah, I mean, on. that was a very professorial show, if you will. You and yeah. I didn't say a hell of a lot. That show wouldn't have been offensive because Tommy, yeah. my, my brother, commented on that show and said, because uh, I had, had, you know, as I said last week, I listened to every show, not because of ego, just to find out where we do fall short, which is fairly 
often and, and, and fairly uh, well short. Um, but that show, I said, it, it was very professorial. It was almost like sitting in a classroom being lectured to. And he listened and said, yeah, it was like that, but filled with information. I mean, yeah. uh, uh, I don't know if he's a doctor, but Mr. Shankman is a very, very intelligent cat. And that was obvious during that show. Yeah, I so. agree. So uh, we should mention our sponsors before we get too yes, far yes, along yes. here. So, and I've got a good sponsor question for you. I, I don't know that we're going to even talk about movies. Apparently, we've just come this far. <laughs> But uh, we need to. I did swing by uh, Berea Pond over the weekend, and, and and Aaron and I will have usually I'll swing by uh, either buy stuff or not, but usually we'll have five or ten minutes of basically a little bit of what we do here. Only it's more of a debate. He's well, given, hopefully he like the people at Impossible Foods wasn't insulted by the last show we did, was he? <laughs> not that he said. Okay. So <laughs> if he was, he kept it to himself. Now a lot of what Aaron will do is when I come in, he'll. He'll have two or three points that we he didn't like, nice. and he'll give them to me. But uh, but no, but I'll get to. We'll do a real quick brief mention of the sponsors, and I'll tell you what he said, which made me think a lot this weekend. Okay. Um. So first of all, Berea Pond, they've got a website. Then they do giveaways. It's pretty cool. It's free to do the giveaways, but they also have a lot of their inventory on there. And the website's called BuckshotAndLead.com. Nice. So I don't know if you have to be in Kentucky before you can buy or be registered in some of these things, but if you are, I mean, even if you're not, check it out. Uh, Buckshot and lead.com uh, or if you're here locally listening uh, check them out on 107 clay drive they've just got a bunch of furniture in so if you and it's really nice like wayfair furniture and stuff that like four or five thousand dollar couches that you're getting for you know eight nine hundred dollars no so kidding. insanely cheap compared to what you'd pay so yeah. i mean any t- kitchen tables couches i mean it's an ever-changing inventory so check out berea pond 107 clay drive in berea you want to talk about our buddies dan and nace at bad wolf gaming well uh, Daniel texted me last week and said Nasa has um, decided she does want to do our show. You know, she was a really bit, yeah, she was a little bit hesitant because you know mom and dad might listen because Nasa's background is a quite conservative one, and she's pretty progressive. So I just kind of wondered how that uh, came about. So yeah, so we'll get Nasa back to do more of I guess a political show. But uh, yeah, Bad Wolf Gaming apparently it's going great. There's a lot of online sales that are going on, and it's um, you know it's a place where you can go in and game, not just. Real nerdy stuff, but like you said, Monopoly, if yeah. you want to play. There's play some life. set up and play some life. Yeah. Some Risk, which is being played out now, I guess. Battleship. Oh, yeah. yeah. In real life. Freaking alliances. But yeah, Bad Wolf Gaming on Chestnut Street. 7-Eleven um, Chestnut. 7-Eleven Chestnut. And, and, and follow uh, them on Facebook. They've folks. got a really good active social media presence where they sort of keep you posted with all the stuff that's going on. And man, again... Not to jinx or, or take away from other businesses, but you just when you see people that are that invested into emotionally and and on their social media, they're they're posting you know good stuff like they've just got a really well ran business. It's a true labor of love. Yes, yeah, definitely. It's a passion. So, so very cool. So check out Bad Wolf and check out our friends at Bree. Absolutely, Pond. and thank you both. Oh, absolutely. It uh, we, we appreciate those dollars. There so here's a conversation Aaron and I had okay. over the weekend. And, and I would like, I mean, you, you to be a center left. I think you'll be pretty honest about it. Now, I think here's one of the funny things, just to preface this. I remember when Obama was about to leave office about six months before he left. I, every Republican that I talked to would say, he's not going to leave. Yes. He's going to pull oh, some, yeah. he's gonna Hell, pull some every stuff. Every Republican Limbaugh was talking about it on the air, for I, God's I, sake. I don't even know the context of that because there right. was, you know, Obama didn't do, you know, gatherings where he said, I don't know, folks, I might not leave. Right, it wasn't. Yeah, yeah, he was kind of a middle of the road, you know, George Bush senior type of president. He wasn't the far left In fact, there's a lot of people who wish he would have pushed a little harder on race, but he felt, I think this is going to be a terrible comparison. He felt about race, I think the way Biden feels right now about up in this war, they're very hemmed in. This is the World War III nonsense, and and. I think Obama knew as the first black president, he couldn't push too much. And there's a lot of people who wish he had made race a, a big, bigger issue. But the point being, no, not the least bit authoritarian. Right. But the right still was just eaten up with he'll never leave. Right. And then, ironically enough, he leaves, of course, just yeah. as we all assumed as, he would. As, 40, as the left certainly assumed he would. As 42 prior had, and yeah. now 40 the one after. But then, yeah. So, it, But again, <laughs> in my lifetime, I'd never even heard of these types of rumors about presidents that won't leave. And then, of course, Trump tries to not leave. You know, he really actually did that. But anyway, I'm I'm getting off topic just a little bit here. But what we do that. Yeah, a little bit off and, topic. And I do that a lot. So one of the things Aaron said to me was, well, um, he basically said, well, like the dumbest thing in the world, like you don't believe that Trump is a like a, a Russian. I forget the word, but not spy, but 
you know, like a player, a Russian, like a player for Russia. And I just thought, man, I do kind of think that a little bit. And I don't know if that is, makes me crazy. And I base it on, you know, his first impeachment was trying to withhold military aid to Ukraine, which you see now. Oddly bizarre. Yeah. So, and, and, and there's, you know, and, and all this, this positive spin and stuff he said, you know, the quotes he said about Putin. So I just think, man, is that a far left? Is that my wacky? So here, I'm too far to well, that. I, and again, I'm not saying he definitely is. He's a spy. He's, you no. know, he's colluding. So with here's Russia. what I know, Tristan, yeah. or at least what I've read. So Donald Trump has a pretty checkered economic history in America. A lot of bankruptcies documented. You can look at right. that. Not a terribly good credit risk. Because he'd just say, fuck it, he wouldn't pay people. They talk about laborers that he wouldn't pay. Now, is this left-wing imaginations? I don't know. I think you can look it up. Yeah. So he ran into a problem borrowing money from U.S. bankers, and he turned to Russia. And he borrowed money from Russia. So it's not that he was a Russian operative or he wanted to see Russia do better than the United States. I'm sure he was genuine in his love for the country that of his birth. But he was a little bit compromised because he had dealt with those oligarchs who had lent him money, Putin's guys. So he was a little bit hamstrung on picking on them because they were financial backers of his. Right. That was my understanding of Trump's compromise with the Russians. Right. So so that's where I'm at. And, and that goes back to the whole show, your taxes. Just let everybody see your financials. And then he completely refuses to, to do that. Now, Aaron's right. answer to me when I said that was... Well, he did what he had to do. There's no rule that says you have to show your taxes. It's just been something that's always been done or mostly always been done. So, and that was my thought. Well, ease the, ease everybody's mind. Show that you don't have a bunch of Russian money. Because again, I don't think Donald Trump is sitting back rooting against America to, to that, you know, but I think Donald Trump's most important thing is Donald Trump and Donald Trump's money and Donald Trump's perception and not being a loser. So I think if, you know, Russia's giving him money and they're a friend of Donald Trump. Right. So again, yeah, I don't think Donald Trump is undermining the country intentionally, but yeah, if he's got a bunch of money coming in and they're like, well, maybe we're not so hard on Putin if we give you this billion dollars. I think that's what, I think that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. And now ironically, you were talking last week about his numbers falling. I think some part of that is his, for lack of a better word, alliance, or if not alliance, defense of Putin. It's yeah. awfully, you find yourself very compromised. It's not a hard ad for Democrats. And let's face it, politics is a beat them up and bruise them business. Yeah. You know, for people who say, oh, it's nasty. Fuck yeah, it's nasty. It's politics. It was nasty when Adams and Jefferson ran <laughs> That's right. in 1796. It was a brutal campaign or 1800. Look at it. Uh, yes, it's a nasty bare knuckles business. And Democrats are going to be running ads with Trump talking about how wonderful Putin is because it's For out sure. there. Yeah. And that's and the right is going to say this is unfair. No, it's not. That's it's not. what politics is. Yeah. And he's going to have to answer for that. And it's not going to be good for him. No. I mean, there's many, many to the man's a genius. He's the smartest guy in the room. Uh, you know, I don't think the Russians did anything. Sorry, Donnie, you're going to have to answer for that because it's going to show up in political ads. Yeah. So, and, and I think, too, at one point, uh, Kushner, the, the son-in-law of the right. president, was they were saying that he could be compromised by Russia due to financials. And again, this is stuff that the CIA would know and that smarter people than Tristan Reynolds would be able to sit back and, and, and say. But, you know, apparently, you know, if you owe a bunch of money and you've got a leadership position like Kushner had oh, in the yeah. president's ear, they look at you that. become a bit compromised just based on your financial. So again, Absolutely. I'm not saying any, anybody in, yeah, in the Trump administration is actively working against America or anything uh, like that. I would agree. But I would agree. Did, are they a bit compromised based on where the money's coming from? Maybe. Let us see where the money's coming right. from but so it we know. It appears those connections to Russia were there because American bankers and and creditors stopped lending money to the Trump people, a Trump right. organization, because yeah. they were be- had become a really bad credit risk. There you go. So, you know, answer to that, you know, if you want to. You don't have to answer us, but you do have to answer some, you know, higher-ups. So, all right, so 20 minutes in, yeah, every bit of that, and we're going to talk about movies. Let's talk about movies, Ray. What do you think? Well, <laughs> here's what prompted that. I was watching, actually, Scarborough's show, and I think this was almost kind of just, uh, what's the word, extemporaneous. I don't think it was anything scripted. Somehow they got, they had like six it was it was all guys actually six guys of varying age various ages and they said to them name your year 
in your movie because one of them was uh, the old guy from Boston, Barnacle, Mike Barnacle, because they were teasing him about had to be the graduate in 68. So they all went through. So I started thinking. So for me, it would be 1978, graduated high school, Animal House. That would be my year, my movie, 78 Animal House. Yeah. Because I'm getting ready to go to college, and it's all about that. And, you know, of course, I never did. My my college experience would be the equivalent of growing up in Richmond, Kentucky, and going to Eastern. I just <laughs> commuted to a small school, William Patterson. But I did get a degree. But, yeah, 78 Animal House, my year, my movie. You? Oh, man. Well, a uh, follow-up question for you. Did you regret going to college close to home? I would love to have gone away. Well, you know, I, I would have failed out in the first semester because I would have been nothing but high and drunk. But I would have <laughs> liked to have tried it, especially yeah. in 1978. Well, I was just having this conversation with somebody because uh, I've got a, a friend that's, that's that's staying close to home and going to school. And I just thought, man, and now I was only two hours away. I didn't go across like the country. But it was, you yeah. know, you have the whole society in the dorms. Sure. And, you know, you're making. I never experienced that. Yeah. Man, it, it is. You do get a lot from that. And I would recommend, again, you know, do you have to do it? No. Right. But if you get the chance and, I agree. you know, you, you should do it, I think. agree wholeheartedly. Yeah. yeah. But it's funny, man. You mentioned Animal House, and that's such a, a good comedy. But it is, you know, I don't know that I've really got what it would have been like to have watched it in 1978. Yeah, I think when, when you in. watch it in, you know, 1999 for the first time. It does hold up, though. It does hold up. Because I watched it with my kids yes. and they left. Yeah, it yeah. definitely holds up. It holds up. But, yeah, I, I definitely think to have watched Belushi in Belushi's Prime. Yes, sir. I'd say it was, you know. <laughs> and I wondered if kids today, like for me, it maybe would have been Farley, Chris Farley. Sure. And I don't know if he's as funny to, like, if some, if a kid watched it now, uh, watched uh, Tommy Boy or Black Sheep, if it would be the same thing. Tommy Boy also holds up. You know, Black does Sheep is just a remake, but. Tommy, yeah. I, I, I tell that story with Tommy Boy. My kids are, I don't know, 14 and 10 maybe, and I bring it home, you know, still back in the days of rental. This is, what, 15 or so years ago. And they're like, uh, kind of roll their eyes. I said, give it 10 minutes. If you don't laugh, we'll take it off. Well, they're laughing within the first three when the little Farley hits his head, Schneike. It's not even Chris Farley. It's a child right. actor. Yeah. And they were hooked. Tommy Boy's just a funny freaking Great. movie. I'll watch it every time it's, it's on. Yeah, absolutely. You're yeah. flipping through the channels. You got to stick with it. So it's just great. Yeah. So to answer your question, my movie, and I've, this has been my answer since I was 16 years old and I probably have a more refined movie palette at this point. Right. Like there's probably a lot of movies that I would pick if, uh, you know, if I don't know if I was on jeopardy because apparently on jeopardy, you answer movie questions, but Friday, the ice cube, Chris Tucker <laughs> comedy, it was Friday. just on the other night, man, oh, man. And it's just, uh, I was going to Barry Bonds, your black ass. <laughs> I mean, that was, it's just a funny movie. It really is. It's now, good. now what's a year on that? I would say 96-ish. Was there Friday? Didn't they do a couple? They did a couple after. To me, the sequels were garbage. Yeah, like, they were the, just the, bad. The original? The original was so good. And Chris Tucker. Yeah. Like There was a point oh, where Chris God, Tucker was funny. maybe the they're funniest cousins, man. right? They're cousins? Uh, yeah. And their, dads, that's right. and their dads have like a barbecue shop or something like that. So their family uh, is always close together. See, no, no, I don't. Well, Craig's dad, Ice Cube's dad, the character in the movie was uh, a dog catcher. So okay. I don't know. I don't think they even got into what Chris Tucker's okay. dad. I think it was just his mom who needed cigarettes at one point in the movie. <laughs> they, but yeah. Yeah. They were funny movies. Man. Oh, God. Yeah. Really well, in the sequels, I think they were cousins. Okay. The cousins came in. And, yeah, I got you. Yeah, I got you. I cringe at the sequels. For, oh, you do. Okay. So the original. <laughs> and was it just Friday? Friday. Yeah. Friday. That was it. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, so I've made a little list here of different genres of films. So if you want to talk about sure. your favorite in each genre, I mean, we could do that to kill a few minutes. Absolutely. So, do you have a favorite chick flick? Uh, do you do you watch chick flicks ever? Uh, Your wife probably Notting Hill. Notting Hill. Because Patty and Brielle just love that movie. I've seen it thirty times. Hugh Grant and Sandra Bullock. Julie Roberts. They're uh, no, I think it's Two? Sandra Bullock. Just Sandy. Uh, okay, it, maybe it is. Is it Julia Roberts? Shit, I don't oh, even know now. Man, Notting Hill. Yeah, I guess it is. Julia Roberts, and it's uh, Hugh Grant owns a bookstore. And she's a huge American actress trying to get away, so she finds this little place in London, and um, and it becomes a love story. Nice, yeah, it is Julia Roberts. It's Julia Roberts. How about okay. that? It's pretty good. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know that I've seen it. Yeah, uh, it's, it's it's watchable. Pretty good. It's, yeah, it's it is certainly a chick flick, but yeah, yeah it's 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 watchable. No it's funny. Doubt. I had a buddy in college, um, still in touch with him today, but he in college, uh, pitcher on the baseball team. Refused to watch anything but chick flicks. I mean, every <laughs> night you'd go to his room and it was, you know, Notting Hill or, you know, insert any. And what was his deal? Uh, man, one of the most popular guys on campus. Like, oh, sure. The just women loved him. Let's loved go him. watch yeah, a, a, that's a it. 
rom-com. Yeah, just the... Is it easy to confuse Julia Roberts and Sandra Bullock? I'd say it is. Man, I have a lot of actors and actresses that I do that with. Yeah. They're not ones that I can Meg Griffin, Meg Ryan. I could say that one's more for me, yeah. yeah. I, I would make Dustin that. Hoffman and Al Pacino. Yeah, not for me on that one. But yeah, no, I'm definitely with you. Um, the Notebook for me, Crazy Stupid That's Love. That's a great movie. I got The Notebook so good. Yeah. I would watch that movie and just like a child, just weep watching The Notebook. Yeah. Yeah, such a good chick flick. Movies make you cry. You ever get one that gets you, or do you do you man yeah. through those? Yeah, no, I mean, uh, no, that's definitely you, you, you know, I'm a guy in America, so you don't want anybody to say, "Oh God, my eyes, are, <laughs> yeah, this fucking fireplace is killing me," you know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, certainly, certainly, it's funny. Well, I go all the way back. This is going to really date me, and and you would have heard of it. I don't know if you've ever seen it, and it was actually a made for TV movie. But you cry every time you watch it, which was Brian's song. Which oh, I've was, never uh, seen it. Gail Sayers and, yeah. and Brian Piccolo. It's actually a young Billy DeWilliams and a young James Caan. And yeah. uh, he plays Piccolo, Caan does. And yeah. It was a black and white uh, deal, which was all based on a true story. I think they both came in the league around 65 as uh, rookies, and they, they roomed together, which was not scandalous, but, uh, um, you know, scandalous isn't the word, but provocative maybe to black and a white guy rooming. First time that happened on the Chicago Bears. Wow. George Hallis is still the coach and um, uh, the legendary coach at the end of a storied career. <clears throat> and they get very close and then Piccolo dies of, um, of you know, lung cancer, Tristan. But I have read since that he actually died of prostate cancer, but really? that wasn't covered because it was such a uh, an issue of you know, you didn't talk about the intimacy of those kind of cancers. Yeah. So they made it lung cancer. And wow. I don't know if that's true or not, but yeah. he died of cancer yeah. as a young man. And it's, it's very well done. And, and you, yeah, you definitely, uh, the tearjerker. Does it choke you it. up talking about it right now? Yeah. No, I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> I did bring some tissues. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've got to watch that though. I've never seen that. Yeah. It was made for TV. I don't think it was ever released in the theater, but it was well done. Yeah. So my wife does this thing whenever we watch movies and, and I'm, like I do, I'm, I will get emotional movies. I won't like weep, but I'll like, I'll definitely well up on a lot of movies. And, uh, so I have to sort of, I will, I will man up and tuck it in now. Like I, I won't get emotional <laughs> because she, she won't make fun of me, but she'll always look over, you know, at midway. Are you crying? <laughs> and so, so what I've done is, you know, I've just said, all right, well, I'm just not going to allow myself to emotionally invest in movies because I don't want to have to look at her and go, no, you know, that's so, a great, uh, planes, yeah. trains, and automobiles. That's Steve Martin, John Candy. Yeah. Yeah. Have you never seen it? Oh, I have. I oh, love I that. Movie. Say, yeah. Man, that's a great run out. But when they, uh, that's not a pillow. What's this? When he's got his hand basically in his ass and they yeah. say oh what about those bears and just <laughs> up yeah to, you know the, that's that's a classic oh. john candy was so funny i actually watched <laughs> uh, stripes the other night with my son oh nice and um you know 40 years man that movie was made in 81 right you forget and um and candy you know uh, dewey oxberger and he's just so damn funny because raymond was like i need to find out more about these guys you know back in that time and, and candy obviously left us too young but man he was just and apparently was a brilliant cat like had an iq of 170 john candy oh wow yeah you didn't know that yeah but he was can you think of a bad john candy movie i mean no. uncle buck great movie holds up so good uncle buck is a great yeah. movie a lot of those john hughes movies today just oh, still you man. watch them and they're just great home alone uh yeah uncle well, buck serious you know on a more serious note and, and my brother again 32 years in a classroom my wife 35 years in a classroom my sister-in-law uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Now, technology changes, but people don't. Yeah, they weren't using cell phones. That movie's made in 85, and those kids are in every fucking classroom today. Yeah. John Hughes made a timeless movie. I said Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Breakfast Club is, oh, what, yeah, I, yeah, is okay. what I meant. Yeah. Those kids. I think both are, are the did, Yeah, both are yeah. John Hughes movies, and yeah. Ferris Bueller's great, too. But those that scenario in breakfast club holds up today those kids are it, it's truly a timeless movie and that's provable by watching it with kids today which i did with my daughter and she had some friends over and every kid they knew in that movie and i think what that movie did and and sort of started to do is is sort of add dimension to teenagers because Probably. i think before that you sort of had and i'm sure you know there was not the very first movie to do it but you know it was a, like he's a, an asshole and she's good or they're you know Movies paint people for the sake of uh, uh, making it easy into little boxes, typically. And that right. started to show the dimensions of these things. Well, 
he's an asshole, but this is why. Yeah. And, you know, so you started, oh, so you started feeling like you hate him with empathy. And then you start, oh, well, that's why that's a great this point. is the case. So, and that was probably yeah. John Hughes' contribution. Yeah. Right. So another guy that left us far too young. And, yeah, and, and, and a Chicago guy. Basically, everything that he does revolves around Chicago. And ironically, died in New York City. Wow. Was on a trip to Manhattan, had a massive heart attack, and died in New York. The Chicago boy. Didn't know that. But he made, oh, gosh, John Hughes' uh, library is just incredible. Yeah. Yeah, just great filmmaker. Yeah, it's and it's, it wasn't there one movie that he didn't make that he wanted to or or something. I, I, that I don't know, but I did hear him say that you know the Home Alone franchise. You know, he'd never imagined that kind of wealth. He was sort of a working class guy, very bright. I, I think maybe University of Illinois, but he um, um, after Home Alone said. I couldn't even imagine the kind of fortune that came my way. It was just incalculable, which is pretty, got to be pretty wild. Uh, can, yeah. <laughs> you know? Unreal. Free to do whatever you would like. Yes. I mean, so here's a little side note from movies. Again, a little, little off topic. Uh, we decided to do a fantasy baseball league together. So the pretty, draft is tonight, isn't it? Draft Which is I'm tonight. nervous about because I literally, I, you know, back in, in the 1970s, I could have named you know, every player. And I don't know 10 right now. And that's my own ignorance. So I'm going to be very reliant upon my son. Well, I leave it on like last year was the auto first draft. year I've done it. And auto draft picked a great team for me. Yeah. So, and that's I didn't even look at it. Okay. But, well, that's but cool. yeah, I'm going to try to get on tonight. But the point I was going to make is, well, I've got two quick points. One, uh, the, my author friend, another author friend that runs that league, he agreed to do the show. So we should do one of the, uh, the, the offsite, that's interviews with him real soon. Terry Powers. And that's the, the, the death waltz, um, the death waltz. And, yeah. and, and I, uh, Raymond found his Facebook and there's a, just enormous amount of Springsteen on his Facebook. He's is, a is, huge Springsteen. Is he guy. a Jersey guy? Uh, good New question. England, definitely guy. New England. Yeah. But he also, there was a post that he had on there about uh, how, how old is Terry? Terry 40s between our ages, yeah, late forties. And I guess, does he have kids? No, I don't he think He doesn't so. have kids, but it was sort of a commentary on kids. Because I manage, you know, <clears throat> 20 millennials and am and, and a father to two. So I have a certain, um, you know, uh, well, it's an affinity, but also a, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? You know, I'm, I'm pretty uh, aware of a lot of the millennial stuff, be it their anxieties or, you know, the time spent on the phone and so forth. And he sort of addressed that with this really, it was obviously written by an author with this very flowery, but I mean that in a good way, sort of expose on all that. And I'd love to talk to him about it. Just how, how these damn things I'm holding up uh, my iPhone are, are changing some of the wiring. Like some, some of the kids that I manage, and I, I call them kids not to disparage them. My daughter is basically older at 31 than everybody who works there, and she's my kid. So so I, I call these people kids. But Andrew, who's just a great employee, he's almost become like an adopted son, sort of took offense when I said, you know, you guys are not good at this, what you and I are doing right now. But, well, he, he, you know, we, we are. We're conversing. We're just doing it electronically. You don't understand. We, and I'm like, now I'll do respect. You don't understand because you this gives you anxiety. It, it does. The kids actually get anxious when they have to talk to people. They're, right. they're cool doing it electronically, but yeah. is that a good revelation? I mean, you should probably have both in your pocket. I mean, we are probably going to a place where you are not necessarily rewarded for being able to have a face-to-face conversation. You Probably more people will be able to be socially awkward. And- it's like the only fucking gift that God gave me, Tristan, and it's going away. Seriously. Yeah. I mean, you know, and it's and it seems to be going away, and that's probably my own personal lament. You know, I can do this with a fucking Charles Manson. I mean, it's just, you know what I'm saying? And I would pay to watch that. But, well, he's gone now. But That's um, true. No, Which pretty, would make pretty it- good movie, Helter Skelter. Yeah, yeah, never seen it. Oh, no, yeah, it's pretty good. It's a little, you know. But the real quick point before we get back to movies that I wanted to make is that your son got me an EKU autographed baseball. He did. And I've maybe had 10 interactions with your son online in maybe the past couple months. Um, And I've talked to Brielle a handful of times also or less. But your kids are phenomenal. Like, just the nicest. You know, I just just really... slipping money under the table. And again, you know, I don't live with them. But, you know, having... Uh, you know, just message back and forth, forth with Ray. You know, the first time I met Ray, I was uh, came out to to play baseball with him Absolutely. one day. And yeah, little, you were going to show him a, a, a pitch, a changeup. Yeah. I was a showing change him a changeup, yes. and uh, I remember it well. Yeah. So 
but again, you know, the, the adults they've grown into it, since I've first known you is, you know, just great really human nice beings. really nice to hear. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, so it's just been, it's been cool to interact with and would be, love to have them on the show. For yeah, anytime. I would love to bring Ray down. He gets that perspective of a millennial. And, and that's funny. You must think to yourself, how with an asshole of a father like you – did which, those kids turn which out? Maybe the backhanded part of that compliment. I'm like, Ray can be such an asshole, but those man, Ray Raymond is so friendly well, every that's time really, we chat. Really, really cool. And he's listening some. You know, he, he yeah. There, I'll tell you what my kids tell me. It's like, Dad, Dad is a little difficult to listen because everything you say we've heard over uh, and over in the house. That's and I'm funny. like, Yeah, I get that. So you know, but that's really nice. Thank you for oh, that. Oh no, absolutely. I'll pass that on. Yeah. So no, and I did reach out to him about. And the I did baseball, not pay him. Really I cool. did not pay him. No, that was that was unprompted. Uh, so let's see. You have a favorite drama? Oh yeah, sure. I mean, um, the one that just pops into my head is a movie Crash. That oh God, that's that, a good movie. Uh, Does that hold up now? Because there's a lot a while, of racial but, themes. Uh, yeah, but I mean, the racial themes that still exist like that that is sure. sandra bullock for sure definitely bullock, and yeah. she is uh very hesitant of the um, hispanic guy who turns out to be like the best guy in the movie yeah because of his tats and she thinks he's a gangbanger so i mean that still happens yeah she profiles that dude right and he turns out to be just this wonderful guy you know but her profiling he picks up on and yeah no just a great movie and i think it won uh, best, best picture, picture. Yeah. i think yeah and that first scene i, I oh. recall the first scene where they're basically making fun of people locking their doors it's like ludicrous, ludicrous. yeah yeah it's guy. great because you don't see it coming no not at all they're like these <laughs> Man, people, people locking their doors tight. they think we're gonna rob them <laughs> yeah. what a, you know so ridiculous <laughs> and you're starting to feel like hey, oh that yeah, is really shitty yeah, it's really true yeah. we do that then they just they rob them, them. Yeah. Oh, they play into the stereotype but right. it's like oh my god but but they're aware of every uh, everything that these people are talking about yes yeah, that's fine it's a great yeah it's a great i mean there's limitless dramas but that is a great one. Yes. True. You a Citizen Kane guy? Okay. So Citizen Kane. So we have a mutual friend. Matt's more than a friend. He's a brother of another mother. And we got to bring Matt on, by the way. His ears well, must burn every week we chat about Well, it. he won't listen because he's so crusty and curmudgeonly. And, you know, but, you know, he's just Jaeger. But I always say smartest guy in the room. But he has a degree in in film from um, from UK and, and hoped to do that with his life. Did it for a short time. Oh, we should have brought him in today. Like the rest great. of us, absolutely. Yeah. He gets he got sidetracked and so on and so forth. But, um, you know, he holds up Citizen Kane as the greatest movie, as so many do. But he does it for the reasons that aren't just the story. It's what Orson Welles did with the camera angles in the, was 39 maybe? That movie that was made, right. something like that. Yeah. Um, and if that's not right, I apologize, Matt. But but just the uh, the way that the movie was made by Orson Welles and just so far ahead of his time and, and, and all the copycats that came later. And that's what he talks about. So as for me, I have tried 10 times to watch it, and I don't think I've ever watched it start to finish. I know the movie and Rosebud and the story, but I yeah. don't know that I've ever sat with a box of popcorn and watch Citizen Kane from start to finish. Have you? Nice. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, probably four times. 1941 41. is at least what Close Google enough. says. Okay. Yeah. That was released. No, I tell you what, I really, well, I've, I've taken some film classes in school, but I, so one of the first places I would have watched that was a film class. But for me, the story, I think before you start looking at uh, the cinematography and the way it was filmed and the use of light and all the things that they did for me, watching that, I fucking loved that this man who had everything in the world, the millions of dollars and, you know, this fucking Xanadu zoo castle. But the only thing that really gave him that pure, true joy was that sled from his childhood. That's I wild. just think, well, you know, that and was, there's, a, that's, that's, a, there's a lot to be said for that, I think. And it was William Randolph Hearst. Re it exactly. Was, it was a thinly veiled and, and, and Hearst was one of the most powerful men at the time because of what his media empire was. And him and Wells were, were just uh, mortal and yeah, Hearst knew that this movie was being made, tried to quash it many times, uh, many yeah. times. And, and, and Wells, I mean, you got to give him credit for the giant balls that, he yeah. you know? Um, uh, so yeah, that was basically a, a thinly veiled, um, you know, a, a movie about Hearst. Um, I, I read, and I don't know if this is true, but we'll throw it out there since we have a podcast. So we'll throw it out there as fact. <laughs> <laughs> But the rosebud actually was like uh, yeah, the code his, name his, for his, his mistress's uh, vagina. Yes, his yeah. mistress's. You said it. I did. Yeah, those words I'll, embarrass I'll me. My turning red. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> that's what he would refer. And, and that was actually from Hearst. Yeah, that Hearst was called his mistress's. 
of private parts, Rosebud. <laughs> and so when that got into the movie, can you imagine the ire oh, that man. Batman felt? Oh, yeah. my God. Have you by chance seen the, uh, I think it was the Netflix movie about the writer of that called Mank, which I think may have also won. So it advertised, awards. I didn't see it. If, if, yeah, if you have any interest at all in Citizen Kane, you should watch it. It's about the guy who wrote Citizen Kane. I wonder it's, if Jaeger's uh, in it. Mankiewicz. Oh, it was really good. Uh, I Jaeger's really like Jaeger has seen it. Seen, seen, yeah. So, yeah. So check out Mank if you haven't. If, if you want a companion to, to Citizen Kane, it was pretty great. So he was a co-writer. I mean, Wells gets some writing credit, right? Well, it was funny they get into that. But really, this Mankiewicz guy wrote the whole oh, thing. No and so they even so battled Wells in court. directed it. Yeah. Oh, they battled in court? Him yeah, and because, Wells did? because the... You know, Wells wanted to take complete credit for it, but he did. He was no part of the writing. Oh, wow! So, or very little limited part How about of the writing. That? Yeah, interesting. So, but that this, I didn't know. but the guy Mankiewicz, like, uh, pretty great history of writing, some pretty famous stuff, really funny. But he's also a drop dead drunk, and oh, it was, of course, it was a cool, yeah, it was a cool piece. Uh, you know, nineteen thirties Hollywood. How about that? Yeah, pretty great. Now, how about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Uh, the whole Tarantino, you know, list you could get into, but yeah, that's uh, been on my DVR since it came oh, out. You haven't seen I it? haven't seen it yet. I, I want to see it. So it's uh, to me, it's one of those movies you have to watch about three times, which I, I have now. And and there's a lot in there. Brad Pitt plays just a tremendous role. I think he won Best Supporting Actor. Okay, and he, he's he, he's great. It's um, it's it's Tarantino. It, Tarantino's pretty great. I mean, Pulp Fiction, you know, is sort of his uh, masterpiece, but, um, and it's a great movie. I love Pulp Fiction. And anybody who says they had that movie figured out is full of shit. Oh, yeah. No, I certainly did not. No. Yeah. But Tarantino's list, I mean, violent. There's no, you know, <laughs> Reservoir Dogs is pretty damn violent. Yeah. Another great movie. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Big Reservoir Dogs fan. Man, I, you know, I, I'm looking at my list of dramas here, and, and I always get mad at myself because. Man, anytime I talk movies, oh, what's your favorite this? And then four minutes later, I just think, ah, shit, I forgot. Yeah, something like so much more. But my drama list was a big Forrest Gump fan. Great, I really liked Forrest Gump. I mean, it was just, it was one of those movies that it won awards, but it was also just entertaining the whole time. Absolutely, just really interested in it. I really liked that. Uh, Shawshank Redemption, which is just uh, so. So these are the movies where if you're flipping through the channels and it's on, you're sticking with you're, it. You're doesn't not, mean doesn't make a difference that you've seen it fifty times. Shawshank right. is just amazing. I mean, you don't Andy leave Andy Dufresne. Andy Dufresne, get busy living or get busy, busy dying. dying. Yeah, you you don't leave it. No, that's exactly right. And, and you don't leave that movie feeling worse than when you started. Right. You always watch Shawshank Redemption with a little bit of hope, which I... That's that's, that's a really great point. So it's yeah. a redemptive movie. It is, yeah, yeah, just emotionally. And again, yeah, if you've seen it 20 times, you're still watching, you're like, man, they fucking did it. They yeah. made it. Like, that's it's, right. It's pretty good. It's crawled through 500 yards of human shit. <laughs> and if that's not a metaphor for human life, right. what is? You know? Right. And most people don't know, I bet you know, the, written by Stephen King, the it horror was. author. It, it was indeed. It Some was, people uh, don't know that. It was uh, originally Rita Hayworth in The Shawshank Redemption. That's right, yeah, in the, and in the novelette. Use, <laughs> in the novelette, and then they use Raquel Welch, right? Or does he originally use uses Rita and then replaces it? Because it's that Raquel at the end. Right, the yeah. The, but you're, 10, you're, 10,000 Leagues Under the Sea or whatever. Or no, 10,000 Years B.C. Yeah. Where but, she's dressed but, as but a cave right. woman. Yeah, there's Rita, Rita Hayworth, Hayworth in The yeah. Shawshank Redemption. So it's, uh, man, some uh, some Nazi movies. I watched the Jojo Rabbit recently. I've never seen it. I, it was, I saw when it was advertised and wanted to watch it. A kid, yeah. little kid having a conversation with Hitler or something? Kind of, yeah. yeah. Well, and I think it was one of those movies, too, that the promotion of it was totally different than what you sort of see in the movie. Like, yeah. the, to me, it was marketed as light and almost comedic and not. sort of silly. But man, it was dark. It like to me, it was yeah. a pretty dark. Uh, you know, it wasn't quite Schindler's List, but it was like the whole time you're like, "Fuck, this is just sad." But it was good. It was a really good film. I so, mean, I have to make an admission, and I'm ashamed of it. And Jaeger like, <laughs> can't even believe it. Yeah, never seen Schindler's List. Well, you I know, know what? I, I just have to watch it. I just and, and and I would add, so I should do a double feature. I may be the only person in America who's never seen The Matrix. Oh my God, that's on my my list. I know, here. I know, I know. I'm not doing my due diligence. Yeah. Well, and, and in fairness, and I've got Jewish blood, and I didn't see Schindler's List probably until three years ago, but I've seen it a few times since. It is. It's definitely. You know, it's a, it's a great film. You'll yeah. you'll like it. Yeah. Well, Spielberg. Yeah, Spielberg's tough to beat. But man, The Matrix was one of those movies, and I saw it. I mean, I think it originally came out in '98 or '99. That the first right. Matrix. But it is one of those movies that, to me, and it maybe I'm just a little dumb, which is fair, but it changes the way you perceive stuff. 
So like when you watch <laughs> Matrix the first time, it's like, oh shit, I never thought about that. That's wild. Could it be something like that? Well, that's or like a tribute just, to the movie, right? That's it just cool. really makes you think. And saw the the newest one at the theater. Oh, you a, did a month ago. Yeah, it, the it, Revolutions. It didn't. It got. It didn't quite get the fanfare. Maybe that I would have thought. Did they wait too long? Or man, I think everything is just so weird with uh, the pandemic and stuff. Yeah. And it's still. I don't know if people are just. In, but I say that, but then four trillion people went to see Spider Man. So yeah, hey, I don't know if sure that yeah. that that whole Marvel genre, that whole Marvel world. Oh, I knocked knocked the wire down. It's just ah, it's just crazy. What about those? Are you you like the comic book movies? You know, I can't say yes. All right, so no, I've never been a comic book person. I'm not enthralled with Marvel, but every time I see one of those movies, they're entertaining. Which I've seen four. I think I've seen all the Iron Man. With Downey Jr. Yeah. Um, and, and then a couple of the Avengers. And uh, yeah, they're entertaining. I mean, Raymond's into him. He likes him. So I have sort of by default seen him. So not my thing, but like him when I watch him. Yeah. And I think you you and I both being uh, real time with Bill Maher fans, like he just kills those movies, just drives him crazy for some reason. Well, I think the reason is pretty nuanced, <laughs> your word, <laughs> which is that. They try and cover these grand themes, which is cool and all, but those themes are covered in literature. Here's the books that you can read by these authors. You don't have to go to the fanciful comic book. Like, there should be a distinction between those worlds. And, and you know, it's, it's, what, it's what a true liberal education, a liberal arts education is. It's supposed to open you to those things. And, and, and there have been authors throughout history who have covered these themes. You don't have to go to a Marvel movie for it, I think is is Mars point. He's not necessarily shitting on the movies, but don't make them bigger than they need to be because, you know, people like Mark Twain and, and, and on and on and on addressed all these issues, you know, and, well, and it's there for you if you seek it out. I feel like it to him, it's more lowbrow to me. I feel like it's, it's lazy filmmaking yeah. as opposed to coming up with a creative new yeah. idea. It's sort of going to the well and something that is more pulpy and easier to do. And right. it's, we're throwing a lot of special effects at you, but to your point, I've probably seen two or three of them and I've never left going, well, that sucked. Yeah. Right. They are entertaining. They're, entertaining. they're like watching star Wars. They're well like, done. Now they're ubiquitous. I mean, it's just, sure. you know, come on, can, can I, we take a little break? I definitely know what ubiquitous means. Now, uh, I, um, we're talking matrix. So by default, Keanu, I did finally break down and watch the first John wick. Really? It's a good movie. I'm a big fan. I, it's, you know, I it's crazy violent and it's all of that, but it's actually see Tristan. I was never, um, I, I guess I, I have a, a sensitive side. I'm, I'm, I'm into my feminine side. I was never a huge <laughs> Clint Eastwood shoot him up. Charles Bronson. I was never a death wish kind of guy. It just sort of all left me. And I figured John wick was in that genre and it is, it is, but, um, the story is, is pretty good and it's an eminently watchable movie. And Keanu Reeves, for what he does is a great actor. Now, is he, he is, great. is is he a great actor? I don't know because he's the same guy, but he plays that guy very, very well. Yeah. No, I think Keanu is a great actor and by all accounts, a super great a super, guy. super, super nice guy. Yeah. And I've only seen the first John Wick also, but I'm like you. I was like, oh shit. Like, it was pretty good. It's like, pretty watchable really liked movie. It. Very entertaining. Man, you brought up the, um, like all the Charles Bronson and like all the sort of those 70 type yeah, shoot em yeah, up movies. Yeah. Man, here's my thing. They all started with like, it was like always a gang of dudes like rape Charles Bronson's wife and family. Uh, always. Why was this? Why were the 70s so rapey? <laughs> Man, you can watch 10 of those movies and somebody's true. getting, even the Westerns, like, you know, Coward of the County. So do you know the Coward of the oh, County sure. song? It's always like, yeah. and they all took turns Kenny having Rogers. sex with yeah, yeah, Man, why right. was the 70s and he, and so he, awful like that very rapey 70s god what a that rapey is decade the county, really yeah it's it is. The, the, the whole first of the song is this group of turns. guys took turns on the to coward's wife and, and he names them it was the something brothers yeah yeah, 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 yeah luckily yeah, yeah. they were all brutally murdered for what they did but yes. but that, that was all of it like coward of the yep. county was every 70s shoot em up movie with charles bronson yep. it was like uh he's coming home from work maybe i was just too highly evolved for those movies tristan damn it that is so funny. They're hard to watch. And I yeah. will say, like, they do not make movies like that anymore. They, I think don't. they, they, they were tough to watch. Yes. Yeah. So, that but, is that is really true. All right. So so the the huge ones, you know, Star Wars. You're a Star Wars guy? I like Star Wars. I'm not like I gotta go see it when it comes out. And I'm right, probably two right, right. two movies and behind. I don't know the intricacy of every yeah. 
fucking i mean andrew the young kid that works for us i mean yeah. it's every you know, all the relationships and how do you even keep all that in your head oh but that's a nerd and yeah. daniel bad wolf daniel is, yeah. is a star wars guru and a, and really knows it intimately yeah you know well, it's it is fascinating. I mean, the universe. Yeah. I mean, you're learning. Yeah, these people know languages and stuff. You're holy. Oh, you know the what they're saying. So my question is this: I, I was a 16 year old kid in Ocean City, Maryland, the f- summer that the original Star Wars, the first movie, which is now the fourth movie, you know all that. So my question is always: Did George Lucas have this entire franchise in mind, or did he make a movie and said, "Oh my God, look at how this this." Uh, Look at the success this was. Here comes the story. Because people would say, oh, no, that was all plotted out. I don't believe it was all plotted out. I don't out. think so either. No. no I would. No, he you made know, this I could movie be... and then, you know. Because actually, in some ways, of course, the other classic, uh, right after Citizen Kane that we haven't mentioned, and in some ways, this movie, I think, is responsible for the sequel and the success would, of course, be The Godfather. Oh, yeah. Which is a great trivia question. And that is, I've given it away now, but um, these two actors won the Academy Award for playing the same role. And that's Brando and De Niro. Brando is the old Don Corleone in The Godfather. And then De Niro plays the young Don Corleone coming over in, I think, 1905 to America. And uh, he wins the Academy Award. I, th- I think it was actually Best Supporting Actor in Godfather too, But they, they won the Academy Award for playing the best actor, or the, for playing the same role. That's fascinating. Yeah, yeah I, I wouldn't have and known And those, that. come on, man, those movies. Now, okay, back to our friend Jaeger was a heartbreaking moment. He's got his son, Seth, who's 25 or 6, um, getting his master's in music. Seth's going to earn his, his life in, in, in music. He's a, um, he is a French horn player, I believe, a very talented musician, and there's a lot of music in, in Matt's family. Um, <laughs> but he finally got Seth to watch The Godfather with him, right? And it is a long movie. It is a story. It is a tome. It is an epic. And he was like... It was okay, but it's kind of long. I was like, oh, my God, just stab me in the heart. Now, that's a great family guy. Do you remember the family guy where the water's rising and they think they're drowning? And I don't do voices as well as you, but Peter says, I didn't like The Godfather. And they all just go, <laughs> and Chris goes, but, Dad, what about the ending? I never made it. Oh, it was And you know what that is? That's Seth MacFarlane poking fun at guys like me and my Departed brother-in-law Vince and 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 Jaeger, who will tell you it's the greatest ever, and yada. And and Peter goes, uh, it's a movie that insists upon itself. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just, I'm sure sure McFarland loves it, but he's Seth McFarland, so he's right. going to take his fucking shots. And that was just do you do you remember that in Family Guy? Yeah, I, goes, just, I, I didn't like the Godfather. It's their last confessions because they think they're all going to die. Yeah, and, was, and Chris is just like, Dad. Oh, it was great. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Hey, now this is, uh, I will say this, this is not for me because I definitely knew what ubiquitous meant, but the dictionary definition is appearing or found everywhere, everywhere. for those who didn't yes. know what that was. Ubiquitous. Unlike me who totally <laughs> knew what ubiquitous meant. Did you not? Know, I, uh, I went to college. It's the worst movie. Here's a man. I watched oh, a movie. I can, I can answer that, but go oh, ahead. Oh God. And I'm a huge Steve Carell fan, but I watched one night. We, I don't watch a movie like every week, like, you know, once every few weeks before I sit down and watch a movie Saturday night, having a couple glasses of wine, watched welcome to Marwin with Steve Carell. And that was the worst piece of shit that I've ever I seen. I never even heard of that. It was very bad. Yeah. And I just thought Steve Carell, he's going to carry this movie. It was a, based on a true story about this guy with mental health issues, but, oh, my God, it was just bad. So I go back to a probably an 80s movie, and I don't even think I have the title right. I think it was Wolf Boy with Howie Mandel. Worst piece of shit. <laughs> it just, but you probably you, knew that going in. If you ask me to name, the, it was just literally the worst movie I've ever seen. It was just awful, yeah. Oh, geez. That's funny. Favorite movies and worse. So could you pay, you know, we're getting long, probably close to wrapping up. Can you pick a favorite movie? A movie I, that you that you just you know, man. I'll tell you what. I, I've got this written down. A uh, best underrated movie. So this is more. I mean, my favorite stuff is what stupid people would find. You know, Friday, old school, Wedding Crashers, Tommy Boy, uh, Swingers. I was a big Swingers fan. You ever uh, seen John Favreau? John Favreau. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I really like that. Um, but uh, yeah, this was a pretty serious movie I watched recently. But it was really good, and I sort of just watched it while I was working out, thinking it was just a throwaway. Promising young woman. No, it was never pretty even good. Heard of it. it was pretty good. Who's it was in that? it was pretty dark. Oh gosh, I should know the young lady's name, but is I, it a recent a recent movie? Yeah, uh, no, yeah, it was it was pretty it. good. Really? Yeah, pretty nice. So I mean, you wouldn't have seen it, Ray, because it wasn't ubiquitous. 
It wasn't ubiquitous. <laughs> I'll tell you what's up there for me is um, Scent of a Woman. Oh, that's uh, Pacino. Pacino. Yeah, yeah, I haven't seen that. Oh, I mean, Tristan, catch... that, was, that was Al Pacino's Academy Award. He, yeah. didn't, he didn't get him for The Godfather. Oh, yeah, you got to watch it. Nice. If well, I were a younger man, if this were five years ago, I'd take a flamethrower to this place. It's it's <laughs> it's, it's it's great. It's nice. a great movie. I will check it oh, out. Oh, yeah, you got to see Scent of a Woman. Yes, yes. So this, we may lose our audience here, but uh, I've watched, I interviewed a young lady from France for Wallingford last year. What? Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> for foreign film short. Wee oui, wee. Oui. Parlez-vous some, français? Exactly. It had some Oscar buzz. Her name is Berenchere McNeese. Wow. And uh, so I had an early opportunity to watch the movie, which was pretty cool. Oh, that's wild. It was called Matroshkas. And it was about this. About what? Uh, <laughs> it was this young girl, basically like 15 years old, and got pregnant. And But it was like, you know, 30 minute movie, but it was really well done. And she's from Lexington. Oh, no, wow. So okay. she's like this so big short, French. They call it. Yeah. A so short. if you get a chance to Google Matroshkas and check it out, that's it was wild. like Tristan talked to her. But we, I'd like to get her on the show if she would do it. Absolutely. Now, that's something I do a terrible job with. I think we do a terrible job with our foreign film. Because uh, there's some amazing foreign films, and I don't see them. And then all the shorts and stuff. Like, you got to seek them out because they're not really released, but right. they're out there and available. And a lot of them are well done. Yeah, no, there's some really good stuff. And that's the thing just mainstream folks, you're not going to sit down, most of us, and Probably Google, not. like, yeah, 15 minute shorts no. and from Spain in right. 2011. Right, right, right. So, yeah. Oh, all right, man. I guess. Uh, with that said, I try to do a little something for our friends at Bad Wolf Gaming. Well, you never said a favorite movie. You listed a few. Could you? Oh, if, if, yeah. If I mean, Friday. I still go with Friday. Friday is your, fa- Friday just is your favorite Friday. all-time movie? I'm just going to keep it. That's just wow. what I'm going to go with. Really? Okay. Yeah. And I'll be simple and say The Godfather. Although, Goodfellas is a great movie. Well, Goodfellas is phenomenal. That was Scorsese, yeah. you know, Coppola, The Godfather, and Scorsese, Goodfellas. But Goodfellas is an eminently watchable movie. Leota's best role, so, for sure. So you know, maybe there's that part of me. Maybe I'm a maybe I'm a, 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 a mafia guy. Maybe I'm an organized crime guy. I've always said you could be. I mean, who comes from New Jersey to Kentucky except somebody that's in the witness well, protection what was that? program? Uh, My Blue Heaven was that Steve Martin? Was yeah, a good day for a mo where he's down in somewhere <laughs> like here, and he's a he, he's a transplanted. Yeah, my Good day for a mo. Yeah, I'm sure there's people who have thought I've been down here on the witness protection program. No question. Oh shit. So uh-huh. I guess I, I, I guess uh, uh, gangster movies are a casino. I do like yeah, casino is a good. great movie. I would take Matrix. You, you we mentioned the Matrix. That definitely is one of my top. Yeah, movies. I have, so I have to watch the Matrix, and you have to watch Scent of a Woman. Yeah, deal. Most definitely. Okay. So, okay, again, so I do a little... Do you have a joke ready, by the way? Do you have a little joke that you can pull together? Uh, you can tell my yeah. joke if you can remember it. Yeah, no, I don't. You have to retell that, but no, I, I come up with something, yeah. Okay, so uh, this is a, a little bit here slightly on topic. Uh, That's new. <laughs> Ray, has there been so much lead in our paint that in 2022, Hollywood can't come up with creative movie names? With the new Channing Tatum movie out, simply called Dog, I have to wonder, has Hollywood just given up? Is this the best they can do? Were the people that write movie names on strike that week? I understand every movie won't have a captivating name, but can I at least get two fucking syllables? How about calling it the veteran's dog or Magic Mike adopts a German shepherd? Are we just slowly reverting back to being troglodytes? It feels like we're all extras in idiocracy. Soon previews will just say... Me watch dog, it good. <laughs> but I digress. Now, idiocracy. That's a pretty good damn one. good. Terry Crews. Pretty telling. <laughs> it may be. Gatorade won't make plants grow. <laughs> it may be. Ugh. Office Space. Office Space. Oh, that's a good one. Was, was very telling. I mean, Office Space was basically just that frustration in the workplace. And, you know, I, I love, uh, and I can't come up with his name, but you know the stapler. <laughs> down below. Yeah. Nobody really knows why he's there, what he does. Every That's workplace a, has that person. It's yeah. Like, what the fuck does I, he do? I, I may be I that know. person at my well, job. Yeah. <laughs> but the, no, but my uh, generic bit always brought to you by Bad Wolf Gaming. Yes. Our friends, check out our buddies. Yes, Give them a call, 646-6061-711 Chestnut Street in Berea. And Ray, if I'm not mistaken, you may have a Berea Pond joke of the day. Uh, so I heard this the other day. Trisden, what do you get when you combine... Goat DNA and human DNA. Ooh, no idea. You get thrown out of the zoo. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty nice. That's a good one. 
Oh, it's a good Lord. joke when it makes you cough. Yeah. Oh, gosh. All right, so thanks to Berea We Pond. accomplished nothing. They know. And, yeah. yeah. Facebook us with your favorite movie. And and tell us what we forgot. I'm sure there's some, uh, there's some you know. A million. I'll I tell you a movie I liked and I watched the other day. Um, not, not the other day, but it came on and I was like, ah, that was not the really the movie I remember. American Graffiti. I love yeah. that movie as a kid. It's slow. You, you know, Triz, and that's another thing. Stories. Hollywood doesn't really tell stories. That's my beef with, with all the Avengers stuff. True. Give me a fucking story. You know, I like stories. Show me. Um, I, oh, man. Um, um, uh, Manchester by the Sea. You ever see it? No, it's on my list. Whew. Pretty good. Oh, my Hard to God. watch. Oh, fuck. It's like every person in the movie is broken. Everything about the movie is broken. It's just despair and dark. And I loved it. Nice. I mean... And um and there was an Academy Award for that I think yeah um, you're exactly right yeah um yeah and, and I'll right. go back to Lexington's own Steve Zahn yeah this may be my favorite comedy or one of my favorite movies Saving Silverman just oh a yeah throwaway Jack Black Steve Zahn movie but a God, very damn, solid that's movie. funny yes every time yeah that's one that it's I cannot change the solid, channel solid movie all right we yeah. need to get out. So, right, if you're listening, give us a review. Go wherever uh, podcast. Yeah, a review. review us. Tell everybody. Hopefully, that we're... not the way the impossible meat people. Yes, us. yes. Hopefully, you will it's, like us more it's, it's than a, the media team at, at Impossible. A tad disheartening. I wonder what I'd love to have gotten a critique, <laughs> like a written critique of what they. Well, and, and she was friendly about it. I mean, it wasn't like uh, you guys suck, but I think it was that uh, being that we are political, they didn't necessarily want to tie the themselves to anything political mm. and so even though you know we're not super controversial it was just uh a little scary at the moment but it wasn't a never it was just not this year with <laughs> okay. some things going on internally That's in why. their media okay so yeah All right. so All thanks right. thanks to troy thanks to nate uh we yes. appreciate everybody thanks listening Wolf. thanks to Maria our Pond. good buddy aaron yes yeah sir. aaron gives us a lot of content he does. So we gotta bring yeah. him back on too thanks aaron all right guys thanks see you next week bye Thanks for listening to Extreme Common Sense with Tristan and Ray. We hope you had fun and look forward to taking on another topic next week.